Once upon a time in Egypt, in every cafe, in every wedding, in every religious festival, there used to be a singer. The singer would be accompanied by a Rababa player, and they would go through stories from the Hilali epic, Asira al-Hilaliya. The Hilali epic is a part of the list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity by UNESCO, an equivalent of the Odyssey and the Iliad in the Middle East. Like a lot of the heritage that we inherited during the past thousands of years, it came to us orally. It came to us through stories told by grandfathers to their grandchildren or by storytellers going from one place to another, reciting the story, making a living out of it. That's why I chose to start this podcast by a story from the Hilali epic. It used to be that 10 or 11 year old children would start practicing the Hilali epic and do that for the next 10 years of their lives. They would go under the apprenticeship of some already expert storyteller and they would learn how to deal with the instruments playing behind them, deal with the plot story and memorize the story. The story is actually a million verse poem. It's usually being told over more than a hundred hours if done continuously. And it has been done continuously. It's usually accompanied by a rababa, mizmar, a sort of like oriental flute, and a tabla, handheld drum. The singers of the Hilali epic usually also accompany their singing with commentary on the stories so giving life lessons about chivalry and bravery and blah 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 but also justifying why some characters would do some things the hilali epic starts with abu zayd al-hilali salama barakat he is one of the most important characters of the epic and definitely the most famous one it starts with his mother going to pray in some spring because she's been barren for the last 11 years then she sees a blackbird she asks God to give her a a strong child like this so taken literally she gets a dark-skinned child and because dark-skinned was in those times accompanied with a state of service he was outcast him and his mother, by the noblemen of his tribe. He had to go back, unite the whole Bedouin tribes, improve his worth, that him, as a Hilali knight, regardless of his dark skin tone, he can help them defy the kings of Iraq, migrate to Maghrib, to the west, and fight against various enemies. The story has different versions throughout the Middle East, from the Levant to the Arabian Peninsula, Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia. However, in those versions of the story, heroes might be a bit different. Um, For example, in the Maghrib, Zanati Khalifa is actually a hero of the story. And all of the singers, all of the people who orally recite the story from the different parts of the Arab world, they have so much respect for the other heroes. So, for example, 
اذا ناتي خليفه از كونسيرتد نوبل مان فيرس ووريير ايفن ذو هي فايتس اجينست ابوزيد الهلالي هي از ا جود جاي ات جاست هابنز تو بي اون ذا رونج سايد سيم ثينج فور ابوزيد الهلالي ان المغرب the thing common between those stories is they're always told by arabs and what i mean by arabs is that originally arab people Al-Hilali tribes historically have been living in the Najd Desert in the Arabian Peninsula. They migrated throughout the story and other stories to different places, basically the Arab frontier, to places in Egypt, places in Libya, Tunisia, and Algeria. For example, some Algerians until today are still proud of their Hilali ancestry. In Egypt, Those tribes, not just the Hilali tribes, but also other Arab tribes, they migrated to either the desert on the east of the Delta, the Nile Delta, or to Upper Egypt, to the south. And this is the place where the Hilali ethic is still recited till today, mainly in Egypt and mainly in Upper Egypt, in the south of the country. It's diminished from the rest of the Arab world. And because of this heritage, because of this Arabian heritage, most of the singers of the Hilali epic do not retell the story of Azizna and Yunus. Because it's a love story. It's something that does not suit their either audience or even their own character as a singer. They would much more like to recite parts of the epic around wars, two noblemen fighting each other, um, Al-Hilali, Abu Zaid Al-Hilali freeing some prisoner of the Hilali tribes or fighting against jinn and basically demons sort of during his adventures. They do not like to recite the stories about Aziza and Yunus because it is a love story. It's more of a romantic one, something that's not suitable for men to hear or to sing about. In the near past, there came an amazing Egyptian poet who was more known for his activism against the different governments in Egypt, Abdurrahman al-Abnudi. This poet from Upper Egypt, he collected those stories and he gave commentary especially about Aziza and Yunus, about that story. He um, not just collected the stories in a written form, so I link in the sources his three-part saga, where he collected all of the Hilali epic as told by one of the best reciters alive at that time, Gaber Abu Hussein. His collection was not just done in written form, but also they actually recorded it completely for the Egyptian radio and for some time it was available on cassettes I haven't found it yet so if you found those on cassettes please tell me I need to get them Um, but they're available but those episodes are available on YouTube it consists of three parts that correspond to the three part encyclopedia let's call it that uh, Abdurrahman al-Abnudi wrote and collected his poems at in uh, each part is 90 episodes with every episode being 30 minutes this calculates to 135 hours of the hilali epic it's a mix of gabra Abu Hussein singing the actual epic 
and Abdurrahman Abnudi giving commentary about the stories. I'll link into the comments the episode where they start talking about the story of Aziza and Yunus. I think they tell the whole story of Aziza and Yunus in around 7 episodes or 8 episodes. So I basically tried to digest like around 3 hours, 3 and a half hours of their stories into 31 minutes. Which just means that it would never ever come to the quality of the stories they tell. So if you understand Arabic... If you have the patience to hear those stories from Gabra Bahsin given the commentary by the amazing Abdurrahman Al-Abnudi, I'll link the stories in the, in the sources. Uh, after that, they talk about the war between the Hilalis and the Tunisians led by Zanati Khalifa. And Abdurrahman Al-Abnudi actually talks about Gabra Bahsin not wanting to sing Aziza and Yunus. His audience do not like to hear him sing about it and he himself does not want to sing because he doesn't think that it's um, an inappropriate story that some girl would fall in love with Yunus and then tries to approach him, tell him that she loves him and even in, in the story that they say locks him up in her palace uh, so that he doesn't go back to Abu Zid al-Hilali. It's a bit controversial for them, let's just say, but also because in the story there's a lot of controversy about why Aziza is actually locked up in her palace. So in their version of the story, Aziza is locked up in her palace, that's why she got May as her handmaid to um, accompany, her, accompany her and tell her stories in her uh, lonely nights because Al-Mu'abbad, the Sultan of Tunisia and her father was in love with her and well, given the incest factors of the story they do not, like Gabriel Hussein he does not want to talk about those things they even completely ignore it from the stories It's o- it only appears in the books of Abdurrahman al-Abnudi explicitly say, saying like this is why Aziza does not leave her palace because her father is jealous that another man could see her and fall in love with her which is super up in terms of both the actual story and people just ignoring this part of the story because it's inappropriate there's a lot of books that talk a lot about the Hilali epic in general, uh, not just Aziza and Yunus. They try to collect the epic in a written form, which is not traditionally the way the story was told. And the story is also was not traditionally told in a podcast form, so I guess that's a new thing. I'm not trying to live up to the quality of the story itself. I will never be able to do that. It's been a thousand years of retelling that story. This is just another way of retelling it. I would link to multiple books. So again, if you can read Arabic, uh, I would link to multiple books in the sources. There are some English sources. Another person that did a lot of research on the Bani Hilal and the Hilali epic is Professor 
Dwight F. Reynolds, who is a professor of Arabic language and literature in the Department of Religious Studies in the University of California in Santa Barbara. And he has collected a lot of material that is available on uh, on their website, which I'm going to link in the source, about how the epic progressed, some audio recordings from the famous singers, uh, photos of people attending those recitals, and so on. Uh, he also has a couple of videos on YouTube where he actually recites them himself, playing the Rababa. And I really would like to acknowledge the effort that he had done in collecting all of that information. It was an amazing experience for me, and I have read a lot of stuff that I didn't know before through the material that he had collected. Now, coming to the story of Yunus and Aziza. The Hilali epic is normally told from a narrator's point of view. They talk about the different characters in the third person and so on. But I chose to tell the story from the perspective of Yunus because the thing that actually got me into reading about the Hilali epic is a song. The song is Yunus by Muhammad Munir, which actually I end the story with. And the lyrics are written by Abdurrahman al-Abnudi, whom I referenced before. Al-Abnudi tells that when Munir approached him to sing a song from the Hilali epic, and he chose the story of Yunus and Aziza, which is the most prominent love story in, in the whole of the epic. The story as told by Al-Abnudi is that Muhammad Munir went to Muhammad Rahim, who's the composer of the song, and he asked him, what does he have for him new? And Rahim told him that, oh, I uh, I just heard the uh, lyrics of a new song called Yabanet uh, al like the daughters of Hilal. So Munir told him, oh, no, no, no. When it comes to Hilal, we need to talk to Al-Abnudi. So he went and talked to Al-Abnudi, and Al-Abnudi told him there's no daughters of Hilal. There's sons of Hilal. Yunus, Mara'i, and Yahya. So he rewrote the song and gave it to Munir, who started singing it, and the first time he sang it in front of Al-Abnudi, he told him, no, it's wrong. We cannot start by the song as is, just going into the story directly, but we need to give some context to people who are not familiar with the story. And that's how he came to write the introduction of the song, which basically says جاي من بلاد بعيدة لا زاد ولا مية وغربتي صحبتي بتحوم حوالي I come from faraway lands, no water, no food My solitude is my only friend وانتي تقولي لي بحبك تحبي ايه فيا وده حب ايه ده اللي من غير اي حرية You tell me you love me, what is there to love and what is love without my freedom this served as an introduction that Munir tells it without, with just a hint of background music that starts in the song. And then he goes into actually saying like, Yunus fi So, Yunus in the lands of love, O sons of Hilal. And so on, he goes along with the song saying like, O Aziza, daughter of the Sultan, if it was a different time, if, I, if we had met in a different place, 
I would have loved you there and then. And he tells her, قلبي ضايع من يوجه لي بيني نسيت وحدة أهلي ينفع أحبك من غير قلبي ما تردوا عليها وعليا. So he tells her, my heart is lost. I cannot find it. It seems like I've left it with my family, and I cannot love you without my heart. The song was a great success in Egypt, and it made a lot of people, including me, go and find out more about the Hilali epic and about Yunus and Aziza. This is why I chose this story to be the first one of this podcast. I don't know what the future of this podcast will be. I only know that I work on it basically in my spare time. I write the stories. I retell a lot of stories from Egyptian folklore. It's probably going to be something like around a story per month. It just takes a lot of time to write those stories, record them, edit them, and actually publish them. This is the part where I comment on the stories, um, where I say my footnotes, or why I wrote some parts or changed some other parts of the stories. It will be definitely shorter than the actual story, hopefully. And most stories won't be half an hour long. They would be more on the 15-minute range. So bear with me. I hope you like that story. And I hope you like the stories that will come.